I've seen teams that their entire model is built around Zillow leads. Right. If, if the rules change, and we've seen that they can change sometimes, your, their whole business could be disrupted. Rockstar Nation, thanks so much for listening. Don't forget to stay to the end, where our guests will be offering a free gift. As you know, all of our guests offer a free gift, and all of these gifts can be found on the Agent Success Toolbox. You could find that by going to hybendigital.com backslash toolbox or simply texting the word toolbox to 444-999. That's toolbox to 444-999. I am going to put today's free gift in today's show notes. But if you want all of them, including gifts from most of our guests that have come on the show, just go to the Agent Success Toolbox. What's happening, Real Estate Rockstar Nation? You are here with today's hosts, Matt O'Neill and Adam Roach. Hey, hey, what's happening, Real Estate Rockstar Nation? Hey, we've got an incredible guest today. You are going to learn a ton. We've got Misty Soulwitch. Misty is crushing. She runs a real estate team with her husband. She's a mother of four, and she has the number 185 ranked team in the entire U.S. Last year, they sold 408 homes for $86 million in volume. Tune in today to learn how you can do the same thing for your life. So the big question is this, how do most agents who don't have access to the secrets that most successful agents hoard to themselves grow and prosper in today's competitive real estate environment? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Pat Hyben, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Do the math. It's worth every single dollar. This is a quote from Mr. Bill Reek, who took my certified listing agent program. He says, looking to take your listing presentation to the next level? Listen, I've closed 100% of the appointments since I took Pat Hyben's certified listing agent. Five appointments, five new clients in 60 days. Do the math. It's worth every single dollar. Now you can get the certified listing agent course. You can get the certified buyer agent course, which tells you how to close every single buyer that calls in if you want them. You get the certified team agent course, which teaches you how to build a dynamite team like Jeff Cohn, who teaches the course. It's like a 10-hour course from Omaha, Nebraska, Berkshire Hathaway's top agent, and seven other courses. Total of 11 courses, all five-star rated, only 97 bucks a month. If you paid for them individually on the website, they would cost over $10,000, and we are running a special now at futureofrealestatetraining.com, where you can get them for $97 a month. That's all you can eat. $97 a month, all these courses. That's futureofrealestatetraining.com. Futureofrealestatetraining.com. Check it out. Hey, what's up, Real Estate Rockstar Nation? It is today's host, Matt O'Neill. And today we have got an awesome guest for you. Misty Soldwich. Misty runs a real estate team in Des Moines, Iowa with her husband. She's the mother of four 
and she runs the number 185 ranked team in the entire country by the Wall Street Journal. Last year, Misty and her team sold 400, no, yeah, 408 homes for a total of $86 million. Misty, thanks for being here today. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited. Missy, this is going to be a great podcast, and I know that the, that the entire audience here today is going to learn so much from you. Let's start out. Tell the audience a little bit about yourself. So I've been in real estate for 20 years. I've been a broker owner for 12 years, and I've run a real estate team for just over seven years. And, you know, I've loved it the whole time. So you grew your real estate team in just seven years to yes. 408 transactions. Yeah. How's that, how's that possible? You know, I think it was just working really hard on improving how we do things year by year so that we could serve more people and just be able to do it in a way that that got referrals and and got people excited about working with us. So seven years ago, what when you started your team, what did it look like? How many how many people did you have? Did you have transaction coordinators? Did, were there other people that were working with you, or, or had you been a solo agent? So I'd been a solo agent for about thirteen years at that point, and a. a broker owner for a few years. And so I think one thing that really set me up to, uh, to work a team in that environment pretty quickly was the fact that as a solo agent in 2007, I started getting into foreclosure pro properties. And so REO requires a lot of systems. It requires a lot of reporting. So I had to get administrative help in order to do that effectively. And that just forced me to have systems that when I went into building a team, I already had some great admin help. It just was getting more people to be out there working with customers, clients. Yeah. And, and what's interesting is before we jumped on this podcast, you and I were talking and you said what's really unique about you that is different than most of the team leaders that, that you and I know is that your disc profile is not the ID or the DI. What, what disc profile do you, do you have? So I'm a DC, and so I really like to get things done, but I really love the details. Yes. Yeah, and you know who else has that same disc profile? Who's that? Gary Keller. See, that was meant to be. That was meant to be! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. So when, you, when you're a DC, that means you've got a lot of dominance and a lot of systems, right? Right. Yeah, and those are the two like just get shit done profiles. DCs crush work. And, um, and I think it's a, a, but it's a really unique combination too, right? Well, and I think that people are sometimes surprised by that because I was a solo agent for many years, successful on my own. And it tends to be people that, like you said, are high DI or ID. And I am very much not a high I, but I'm really good at knowing how to connect with people to get things done. And so, you know, it's just one of those things. I think there's so much flexibility and what can work as to be successful in real estate. It's just figuring out what makes it work for you. 
Yeah, I want to stay here because I think a lot of people, um, if they don't know about disc profiles and running a team and growing a team, it'd be a really good idea to start looking into these disc profiles. So we, we work with WiseHire. Are you familiar with them? That's who we work with as well. Yeah, fantastic company of putting ads out, out there and, and also at the same time running a disc profile before you even meet with somebody, which is useful for us. When, when you go to hire agents for your team now, since you do use WiseHire, what are you looking for when it, look, when it comes to that disc spectrum for the agents you hire? So for agents, you know, WiseHire puts in place their own, like what they suggest for different roles. And I consider that, but I also take it with a grain of salt, just depending on the overall picture for that person. One thing I really like about Wise Hire is they incorporate the PIAV into the assessment as well, the um, values index. And I think part of that is just as important. Having a high economic driver is important for people that are in a 100% commission position. But so it's just really looking at the overall and then, but then I also look at what the backstory is for that person and what got them to where they are now. Uh, because I think there's, you know, people are complex and it's important to have people in a place that they're going to be comfortable with, but it's also important to understand why they want to do the role and really talk about what some of their natural weaknesses might be so that they're conscious of it and what they need to do to play up their strengths. I love it. And that's what I was hoping that we would talk about because I agree any disc profile can be successful in real estate. Any the number one Absolutely. agent on my team a couple years ago, his highest trait was S. Mm-hmm. And a lot of team owners would say, oh man, if you've got a high S, that should be an admin support staff rather than a real estate agent. And I can assure you, I mean, this guy sold 16 and a half million a couple of years ago as a high S. Well, and I think that that is, you know, the advantages of a team is that you, because you have a lot of different people playing off of each other. And like on my team, my agents don't need to be super high driver prospectors because we have a really strong ISA department that tees up those prospects for them. I want them to give exceptional service and care to our clients. And that's something that I wasn't ever great at as an agent. I mean, I, I did a good job with them, but I never like, uh, you know, went to their birthday party the following month and like went out to dinner with them on a, I mean, I have my agents like form these lifelong connections with our clients because of personality traits that sometimes are seen as not being great traits for um, a sales position, but they actually are if you plug them into the right system. I love that. Yeah. And there's a lot of, there, so I always say to people, there's no wrong personality style. And there's actually no wrong personality style for real estate, in my opinion. And and if somebody thinks high C can't do well, let's just look at Misty, 86 million sold last year, right? So let's get into the nitty gritty. So I know, we know that you you sold 408 homes last year. What was your, what was your gross commission? And then uh, what was your profit? So my GCI last year was 2.8 million. And I... On my number for profit, I'm combining owner compensation as well, just because I think that's the fair way to do it. And so that was 30%. Woo! Yeah. 
Man, that is fantastic. Congratulations. Thanks. Yeah, so, so, so you're, you're just about at a million a year, right? And in, in, in that income? Right. Yeah. Oh, man. There, there are so many people on this podcast who are listening now who would love to be in the position that you're in someday down the road. It hasn't been like that every year. I mean, it's been really like making sure that we have our compensation correct, that we have our fee structure correct, and really watching those numbers closely. And so it really made uh, 2019 just a really strong year for us. It's really paid off. Yeah. And, and if you think about it, this has been a 20-year success story. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's awesome. And, and you, you certainly have been crushing. So a lot of people, you know, they're, they're always wondering, like, how do I get more sellers or how do I get more buyers? In your business, what percent is, is sellers versus buyers? So the last two years, we've been 55% buyers and 45% sellers. That was the that was the first time our business kind of altered to that. I strongly attribute that to our ISA department. We had been very heavy on the listing side for many, many years. And as we got more buyer's agents and then had that inside sales to really retain and answer people quickly, that's when our buyer side grew. Great. So, so is the ISA department something new for the team within the last couple of years? Around two and a half years ago is when we um, started that. Yeah, fantastic. So, and a lot of, I think a lot of agents out there are saying, I would love to have an inside sales agent myself. So just two and a half years ago, you started, you started with inside sales agents. Um, how, how did you start that team? What, what did you do to hire your first inside sales agent? My first one, it was someone who was related to an agent on my team. And I said, let's try it. And you know, that is not always the best way to do it. <laughs> <laughs> sure. But, you know, it's one of those things that I've heard of so many teams and individual agents that um, have gotten into inside sales and then out of it because it just didn't work right. And, and I think that it just takes being patient to really commit to what needs to happen to make this work. And I felt, I felt like I had such a strong belief that it was the direction our team needed to operate at the highest level that I'm just like, we're going to figure this out and, and make this happen. Yeah. One, one big mistake I made early on was people that really wanted to be in outside sales, but it, you know, it's very common on teams to say, you know what, first you're going to be um, in inside sales and then uh, once you get through a certain amount of time, then we'll put you in outside sales. I felt like when I did that, uh, the person, it was like, I really don't want to do this role, but I'm going to begrudgingly do it so that I can get to the next step. And then, so they weren't really doing things at the highest level. Once I started hiring people that they were like, yes, this is perfect for me and I'm passionate about it and I want to make this the best it can be, made all the difference in the world. I, I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah, you don't want it to be a stepping stone position. You definitely want it to be the destination, especially with, with what you're saying. This ISA team is driving your buyer business for the entire yeah. team. They're, they're the catalyst of your, of your sales. So they're highly important. In my opinion, 
An ISA is the highest return on investment that you can make in your business. I agree. I, I just think it's so critical for a team to be able to scale. Tribeofmillionaires.com. Guys, write that down. Rockstar Nation got a free special offer for you. Now, I've just written a book, and it's just been published. Co-authored it with David Osborne, who's been on this show multiple times. If you don't know David, he is one of the top execs at Keller Williams Real Estate. Was personally mentored for the last two decades by Gary Keller himself. And he's in all kinds of businesses. His bio and explanation and, and everything is in this book. But anyways, David and I got together. We decided to write a book. We called it Tribe of Millionaires. And I guarantee you, it's going to change your life. To find out more, just go to tribeofmillionaires.com. We're going to give it to you absolutely free. Only thing we ask in return is, of course, number one, you pay the shipping. Not a big deal. But number two, that you go on Amazon and write us a review. We're really looking to get an incredible amount of reviews. And because of that, we're giving this book away for free. Go to tribeofmillionaires.com today. Rockstar Nation, thank you for listening to Real Estate Rockstars. Listen, I need a favor. If you find this free content helpful, if you find our downloadable items from each guest helpful, please, I need you to pull out your pointing finger, yes, the one finger that points at people, and hit subscribe. Yes, subscribe. The more subscribers we get, the better we look in the ratings, and the easier it is to get guests like Robert Kiyosaki, Barbara Corcoran, all the players that are on the million-dollar listing in the different cities. All that stuff makes it easier the more subscribers we get, so please subscribe. And listen, there's a lot of places you can leave comments. There's a lot of places you can like. We're on Facebook. We have an Instagram page. Instagram page is I am Pat Hyben. The Facebook is Real Estate Rockstars Radio. Feel free to leave us comments there. The most popular form of commenting seems to happen on YouTube. Yes, for whatever reason, it's a very open environment. So just go to YouTube and go to Real Estate Rockstars Radio and leave us comments there. Some of them we will read on the show. And we love your feedback. So thanks, guys, and I hope you are having a great day. Oh, and also, listen, if you're going to subscribe and you haven't already left us a, a review on iTunes, please do that, too. Have a great day, and thanks so much, Rockstar Nation. I really appreciate you. So let's, let's talk about when it started to work. What was the compensation model that if somebody out there is looking to hire an ISA, how, how are you compensating with your commissions or bonuses to keep them um, their eye on what you really want, which is new closings? So my ISA team, I, I currently have two full-time ISAs and then one that's part-time. And she had been full-time with us for, for quite some time and then needed to change to part-time and she still crushes it, which is amazing. But um, so my full-time ISAs have a salary of $2,000 a month. And then they get 5% on any closing that they set the appointment on. They get 10% if it's outbound, like a Vulcan expired 
for sale by owner closing. That's fantastic. Yeah, I love that you compensate differently for them making the hard calls because then they're going to be more excited to make those expired and for sale by owner calls where if you paid them the same for answering the phone on an inbound call, they wouldn't no really- No incentive. Yeah, why would, I, why would I want to pound my head against the wall making these expired calls if I could just wait for the phone to ring? Right. Yeah, fantastic. Um, and, and so the base, the base is there to track that person into the position and so that it's not just a full, full-time commission position. Otherwise, they could be a real estate agent and that, that's kind of the, some security there for them. Right, and then the expectation is they're in the office 40 hours a week uh, with the exception of if they do a Saturday, they'll do two open houses on that day as well. And then they're on call as well. So they have a big time commitment, but, you know, it's, it's got a lot of great security in that, you know, you have a base pay, you have a great office space to be in. And uh, the thing is, my ISAs are probably like they are the biggest team players that we have, they are always pitching in to help our agents when they need it. And, and I think that's huge too. So yeah, and, and there's big advantages too. they don't have to be answering that, um, that complaint on repair negotiations on a Saturday night, they don't have right. to be dropping everything on vacation to ratify a contract that came in, you know, over over the weekend or on vacation because they set the appointment and then they hand the ball off to the people who exactly. really have to jump all the time, which is real estate agents. So there's a there, there's definitely the right fit for that role, and it sounds like you've got three really good A players there. So yes, definitely, when it when it comes to sellers, what's the number one source of your seller business? So besides SOI referrals from past clients, uh, our number one source is radio. Yeah, great, awesome. How long have you been doing radio? I've been doing radio for six years. Yeah, and we're, we're in the same program together with radio yeah. and television experts, and, and, uh, and I, I love that group. You know, and, and I've been on the radio for a long time as well. It's been a big deal for us. And it, what about somebody that has never done radio before? Would you recommend that they try it? I think that it's really important that you have the base in place to be able to handle it because it does all of a sudden create a lot of exposure. I had already covered a really big geographical area because of my REO business. And I think that just naturally led me to have a lot more familiarity with a, a big area of our metro than most agents who would tend to specialize in a certain area. But you, you need to have those things in place because you do not want to make that large of an investment and then have it all fall apart because you really can't service the business. Yeah, because that radio is going to be broadcast to a wide net of people. Exactly. Exactly. The other thing that I found was it was just, it was really important to be able to meet those expectations too and, and understand that it depends on the source of where you're advertising, but it might not be instantaneous. It might take a little bit of time. And sometimes agents just don't have the patience to go, okay, I can shell out $6,000 a month for six months, eight months to get the return on this. And you just have to really feel good about the direction that you're taking and understand why you are to give it time to, to have it be effective. 
Yeah, and, and, let's, and let's look at something we were just talking about inside sales agents and making inside sales agents having ma making calls on expires and for sale by owners. That to scale up, it would cost less than radio to start. And even though, even though you did it in reverse, you did radio first and then you brought on an inside sales team. Do you think somebody that was looking to invest in their business may want to look at doing those in reverse order? Oh, 100%. I mean, I think that that's a really cost-effective way, but you have to be dedicated. I mean, it's something that, like, on our team, we practice the scripting of that all the time. We do a weekly role-play call, and expired for sale by owner is something we revisit again and again and again because, you know, I keep talking about disc profile. People that are high I, that rejection is, hard for them and <laughs> like oh I want everyone to like me that I know. Yeah, right. and and so and it's like you can't take it personal and it's about following up it's about like doing it again and again it's about sending them a packet offering them value after the call circling back with them it's not just about that one moment and just because they said no it doesn't mean you can't call them back because they're not even going to realize you're the one who called before yeah, that, that's huge. And so, so really, uh, when a, a new agent starting out, they could be making their expired and for sale by owner calls, right? Sure. They, they could be the, the ISA for themselves. And that's really cost effective, because what would that cost you to, to make expired and for sale by owner calls? Well, I mean, if you're using a system like Vulcan or Red X or something like that, I mean, it's going to be, you know, three or $400 a month there's ways you can do it that you don't have to use a dialer and a system and all of that as well. I mean, early in my career, it was back when, you know, there were all the classified ads in the newspaper and I would cut them out and I would put them in a notepad and make notes beside the ones that I'd called. I spent a lot of time doing that to build my business. Yeah. Yeah. But even if they did get a system for $300 a month, that that's a really affordable way to start going after home sellers too. You know, on the buyer side, what's the, what are the best sources of your business from the buyer side? So our number one paid source is Zillow. You know, the cost of that continues to, you know, we really watch all of our metrics and the cost of setting an appointment. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see, like, as they keep changing their systems, like, how long it continues to make sense for us. It's made sense for us up to this point but I want to watch it closely to make sure it continues too. Yeah, great. So, so you, and, and you guys are getting a great return on investment there? Yes, we are. Fantastic. You know, just, just so for other team owners, do you know about what that return on investment is with your Zillow? So I'm thinking that our cost per met appointment is around $400. Yeah. And, and so being able to, and the team knowing that is really important because when they don't know how much it costs to get them in front of that person, it's a lot easier to throw away different things if it's not like as easy as you want it to be. But, but, and that was a really important thing for me that it was just in at the beginning of 2019 that I really kind of opened up our books and our costs to our team um, so that they had a better understanding of what kind of investment that our team was making in them. And it just helps them have more ownership in, in how they approach it. 
I love that piece of advice. Yeah, yeah. What if what if it's in an area the the team agent is not excited about going to, or if it's a price the agent's not really excited about going to, you make it known that it costs four hundred dollars for you to even have the opportunity to be there. Yeah. And that, and that, and I think that having a strong ISA team that the outside sales agents really cares about and trusts, they want them to win from it as well. So it's not just about the individual. It's like, okay, this isn't my ideal, but I'm going to do it for the team. That's great too. Yeah, because they know the ISA who's working their tail off. 40 hours a week in the office who set that appointment only gets a bonus if that agent converts. Exactly. Now, you and I talked about some systems and you are a systems expert. What system are you really excited about? So the system that we implemented at a high level last year was Trello. And we, I absolutely love it. And I look to Trello for every piece of our business for tracking and just everything, because I, I think it can answer it so well. Yeah. So, so for people who aren't familiar with Trello, you said it can do so much. What's, what's something that somebody would want to start with if they were going to start using Trello? So um, we use Trello. We started out with listings and transaction management. I was a long time top, top producer user. And we were like, okay, here's where we're going to start. Uh, we do all these checklists for different things. We're going to, to turn that into Trello, which Trello is, it's a very visual project management tool. And so we started there and then we started using it for an open house calendar. We have, we do a lot of new construction, a lot of resale open houses. So we manage the process there. We manage our field services tasks as far as, you know, what signs need to go where, what closing documents need to be picked up when, assigning them to people. I use it for tracking ideas I want to implement and being able to, it, the nice thing about Trello is you can email ideas into boards. And so if I have something like an email that I've received or something I've seen online I want to follow up on, I just, I forward it to my board and that way it's someplace where I won't forget about it. Yeah, I, that's great. Because at any time of the day, you, if, it, if an inspiration hits you, you don't have to write down on a piece of paper. You can send it right to your idea place with an email. My operations team, they have, and my ISA team, they each have just a daily activity board where they sign in at the beginning of the day saying what their goals are. They share it with the whole board so that they get notification. They do a huddle where they kind of go over some key metrics. Here's new listings coming on. Here's price changes. Here's closings coming up. Here's, you know, different things that we need. I don't participate in that meeting or else I take over and make it really long. So I have... <laughs> <laughs> so I have a Misty's priorities for the day and I email it to the board so that it gets touched on, but I'm not, I'm not messing up their flow. And then they do an end of the day report on their board, just saying, here's what I got done. Here's what's still outstanding. 
everyone on our inside sales and operations team also on their, their card every day says what their positive insight for the day is. And it's just to either give a shout out to a team member or acknowledge a problem that was overcome or something they're excited about doing this weekend. But that really creates, it's so neat to be able to see that and, and what's going on with everyone. I love the way you're using that system because you're not just using it to track transactions, you're using it to grow your culture. Totally, we are. And most people I don't think would think of a system that uh, managed tasks and checklists as a way to grow culture, but you've done it. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's, it's really worked well for that. The other piece that I think has worked really well is we use it to, I have a business tracking board for each agent. So anytime they can go into that board and see what their year-to-date business is, uh, notes from our one-on-one meetings, you know, we establish goals and then we can look back on it. It also automatically emails their daily activity report to their board and then it has a link to different resources. So it's just a great way for agents to be able to, you know, reference what they need to and have their connection, not just with the team, but with what our communication has been. That's great. So one of my favorite questions to get into is is a failure that at the time was really hard to go through what's a failure that at the time was a really hard blow for you but then as you look back now was something that that you learned a lot from and and actually grew from and turned into a positive so i guess one thing that comes to mind is just hanging on to the wrong people for too long definitely is a huge failure that I've had. You know, it's one of those things that you have to have people that are fully invested in the culture of your team, that understand what your vision is. And sometimes you hang on to situations because like in a logical way, it makes sense, but it really isn't doing the best thing for the team. I also... I have a really hard time when someone isn't meeting their full potential. I'm just like, oh man, if I, I just need to coach them better. That's, that's what the problem is. It's not that they really shouldn't be in real estate. <laughs> it's that I haven't done enough to coach them. So, you know, I've had situations where I've had, you know, real surprises of people leaving suddenly or, not working out the way I anticipated. And I, I just have grown so much for that. It, it made me really be better at being more deliberate in bringing on people. And, you know, I, I guess it's something that can be easy for people from the outside to question what your company is like when you have people that come and go. And yet if I know that it's, it's, Every move that happens is for the best. I, I love that. And so you have the perspective now, and, and it's a hard thing. If you've got somebody you really care for, you, you've, you've worked with for a long time, and they decide to go to a different brokerage, it can be really hard. And, Absolutely. And I think even harder is what you started with. 
the person on the team that doesn't fit your culture, that mm-hmm. is actually a culture killer, that's a cancer in your, in your, within your, your team, but yet you don't pull the trigger. And, right. and so, how, so, so you've learned from that, but it's still hard. Why do you think it's so hard to let somebody go that you know you should let go somewhere deep down? Well, I mean, I think it, part of it is an ego thing. You don't want to admit that it's the wrong thing and that you need to, that you need to let it go, that you not care about what the appearances are. I mean, that's huge. Part of it is just, you know, understanding that it's not about holding on to something that's not working. It's, it's, it's trading the known for the unknown because you know that that's for the best. And that could be hard to do. I will say a, something that's more recent for me is I've had team members depart in the last 12 months that were not cultural fits, but were good salespeople. And I didn't realize where the blind spots were in my team of not articulating to buyer clients our team concept. Um, it's very easy on the home selling listing side for people to understand that. On the buyer side, when they're coming from sources such as Zillow, Realtor.com, meeting with one agent, they don't necessarily see that. So it becomes all about this one person instead of the team. And so it really forced us to look at, okay, what is it that we need to be doing in a better way to help people feel that? So. They can be really painful at the time, but you just have to step back and go, okay, what did I learn from that? That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, I, I love that. It's something that, um, that the longer I've been running my team, the better and better we've gotten at it. And you, we've heard this axiom forever, hire slow, fire fast, right? Every I, great... do, the, I do the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> hire fast, fire slow. <laughs> my problem <laughs> and then the reason that it's out there is because everybody operates like that everybody yeah. connects with somebody you need to fill a spot you're like you're hired and then everybody <laughs> also has that team member that's doing an adequate job and you don't you're so busy you've got so many things going on that letting that person go means i just created another job for myself and right. i've got to, i've got to fill that role and then i've got to have a job of going out and interviewing and hiring and then that exactly. and it, just, it would add more work. So maybe it would be less painful to just deal with it for a while, even though I know it's not the perfect fit. I'll deal with that when I need to. Well, and I, for the first time, have a hiring person on my team who had been an agent and then she had had an HR background and just with her family needs, it made more sense to go into an operations role. And she's been like killing it at meeting with agents and going through things. But I'm always like, I would have hired them, I would have hired them, I would have hired them. And she's much more like, no, they're not a fit because of this. And so it's like, okay, I needed that because otherwise these people would have all been here and then I would have been like going crazy. Yeah, that's awesome. So an evolution in your, in your business, which is recent, is bringing on a director of recruiting. Exactly. So, you know, how could a, what's advice you would give to yourself? as a rookie agent, if, if you were starting over again, what advice would you give yourself right now? So something that took me a few years to learn that I wish I would have learned sooner was you cannot, do not give all of your loyalty 
to an entity that can't return the loyalty back just because they can't. So, and where I go with that is, you know, the brokerage that I started with. There were some great people there. It really wasn't the best structure for what my goals were, but I held on to it for a long time because I liked the people there. And I, I mean, that's so common. I got very heavily involved in new construction and had a large percentage of my business in my first few years working with a builder and they changed their model, which they have the right to do. And then all of a sudden I didn't have that. And so I really had to learn, like, I, I need to be dependent on my resources and how I'm going to build my business, not a brokerage, not a builder, not someone who really, even if they like me, it's not their job to give me business. That is really wise advice. So, so that's like hitching your wagon to somebody else who has the total control over your income stream rather than making sure you're self-reliant. And I see that so often. Um, I've seen that so many times over the years of agents that really like that is their business hooked to one particular entity. And when that goes away, they can't survive. You, you mentioned it earlier. You said you're keeping a close eye on your number one source of buyer business, Zillow. And I've seen teams, that their entire model is built around Zillow leads. Right. And if, if the rules change, and we've seen that they can change sometimes, your, their whole business could be disrupted. Right. Yeah, so making sure you've got some diversity too. Of, exactly. Of lead sources and business. And, and you've talked about foreclosure business, expired, for sale by owners, new construction, Zillow. You've got a lot of different places your business can come in. We really do. Yeah. So what, what, do, what haven't I asked you that you feel like our audience should know before we, before we wrap up? Oh my goodness. I'm not sure. So maybe I would say that I have had tremendous success through in building the operations through using virtual assistants. I have four full-time virtual assistants. It's a huge part of our team. Uh, but what's made it successful for us is that they're not just people that we reach via email. We do a video call with them every day. Our agents know our virtual assistants. Our operations people do as well. And they were actually the backbone of my business before I built the team. So that's huge. And it's such a cost-effective way to get operations assistance. I, I love that. And, and, mm -hmm. and especially for an agent that says, maybe I can't afford a, uh, my first full-time um, transaction coordinator or assistant, virtual is a way that you could get that job done for a lot less money. How would somebody go about hiring a virtual assistant in real estate? What did you do? So there's a lot of different ways. I used the company, My Outdesk, and, and I've worked with them for many, many years. And I mean, I truly like our virtual assistants are part of our family. And, you know, we are constantly commenting on each other's social media. And I mean, we know what's going on in their lives. And, um, but, but they are amazing. And so efficient at getting a lot done. And I think it's one of those things that a lot of times agents will make the mistake of they've got a friend or someone they know that needs a little bit of work 
So they're like, hey, why don't I have you do some assistant work for me? And it's really not someone that is knows how to do it, has the skills, and then it it's not as effective as what they want it to be. But, you know, if you use a service for that, they'll have people that are trained in the systems that you use or you want them to use or you want them to build for you. And so they're already kind come kind of pre pre-ready to understand what you need. And then once you start doing things, it's so easy in real estate to think of a million different things that that person can do to make you more efficient, to make you more effective. I love it. Misty, this has been an absolute pleasure. I've had a ton of fun. I've learned a lot. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you. And I'll see you in New York this April. That's right. All right. Talk to you later. Bye. As a member of the Rockstar Nation, you may have noticed that every guest that comes on the show now is required to bring with them a free tool, an item of utility that real estate agents can use to drastically increase their sales and profits. Some of the things that have been brought have been ebooks, forms, reports, negotiating techniques, hiring guides, postcards, checklists, open house secrets newsletters that are sent out, sphere of influence forms, referral request forms, and the list goes on and on. If you would like to get this free toolbox full of items of utility, simply go to hybendigital.com backslash toolbox. That's hybendigital.com backslash toolbox or simply text toolbox to 444-999. That's toolbox to 444-999. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.